Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the wonderful world of fairies. We're now on the letter U. And in the letter U we might not have many, but we'll do what's there. The will heist, also known as a dragon. I know it is a dragon, I'm not too familiar with its other name, so I could be pronouncing it completely wrong, I don't know. Appearing as a multi-headed sea monsters, these water fairies guard other monsters, but they protect coastal inlets and rocky coastland of Orkney and Shetland Islands. Uklan Tojon. In the folklore of the Yakut people of Siberia, Uklan Tojon, water master, was a powerful nature spirit. Nobody of water would ever be crossed without first asking his permission, making a libation, or a suitable offering such as bread, fish, gin or salt. Shamans would offer up an animal sacrifice to the Yukalon Tojan of a black bull to ensure good fishing. The Umskiptinga In Norway, the Umskiptinga are the offspring of the fairies who live underground but have been taken to the surface and left in the place of a stolen, unbaptized human child. Much is in the changeling tradition. The fairy parents singled out Unbaptized children so their own offspring may have the benefit of receiving that particular sacrament and eternal salvation. Typically, these fairy children were dull-witted and physically weak. Undine The Renaissance alchemist, astrologer, botanist, general occultist and physician Paracelsus believed nature, both the visible and invisible, was inhabited by a host of being aligned with the elements. On the invisible side, he determined there were four distinct groups. The gnomes of earth, the salamanders of fire, the sylphs of the air, and the undines of the water. The undines were water fairies, nature spirits, who had the ability to control the element of water to a certain degree. Always depicted in art as being beautiful and nearly always in female form, the undines of ancient lore were said to resemble humans in appearance and size. The ones who inhabited smaller water sources were proportionally smaller, but all were capable of assuming a human guise and intermingling with mankind. In Greek lore, undines resembled the goddess portrayed in statutaries. Rising up from the water and draped in mist, they could not retain for very long out of the water. There are ancient Rome tales of an undying taking a mortal as a spouse. But in all cases, the call of the sea is too much for her to resist. She eventually does return to the water and to the god of the sea, Neptune. Generally, it was believed these nymph-like fairies lived in coral cave under the oceans or in the reeds along the banks of rivers. In Celtic lore, undines lived under lily pads and in houses made of moss located underneath waterfalls. It is believed when the Tuatha de Dianon retreated underground, the Undines also fell back to their homes where they remain to this day. The ruler of the Undines is named Nixa. She is honoured, loved and served untiringly by them. Emotional, friendly beings, they occasionally ride upon the backs of dolphins and other sea creatures. And there's absolutely many Undines out there. So very many. Uni meaning calm. So this one of the um 
sons of Ivaldi, one of the dwarves named in the Valuspa. Unknown. In Greek mythology, the unknown water nymph appears in a list of Danads. So she was a Danad, and she was wedded to Amoasbus. But she killed him on their wedding night. <laughs> Interesting. We've done the unseely, so we will not do those. Obviously, they are known as the evil side of the fae. Upaka. The Upaka are a nature spirit, or gnats, from Burmese folklore. Specifically of the air, they fly about through the clouds and the sky. On the hunt for men, they can swoop down and simply snatch it up. Upis. In classic Greek mythology, Upis was one of the three nymph attendants of the goddess Artemis, or Diana. She came from the mythical land to the north, Hyperborea, <laughs> Urania, or Urania, by one of the three thousand daughters of the Titans, Oceanus and Tethys. Urganda, also its variation in its name is Urganda la Desconcida, one of the fates, appearing in Matteo Maria's Boirado's epic poem, Molando in Amarato. Orlando in Love, nineteen, um, sorry, fourteen ninety five, from the Italian Renaissance period, she was just a fate, a protector of the Amadegi. Ure Smith, and again another one of the sons of Ivaldi, a dwarf named in the Voluspa. Urisk, Waterman, the Urisk is one of the four a collective name for the malicious and monstrous water fae in the Scottish folklore. A solitary fairy. Obviously, it looks half goat, half human, with flowing yellow hair and wearing a broad blue bonnet. Associated with waterfalls and said to live in remote pools and rivers, the friendly Urisk is desperately lonely because of its hideous, ugly appearance. Apparently so hideous, it frightens people away instantly. Ursatori also known as Orisitori, white woman, and Orumzi. In the folklore of Roman, Egypt, Poland, and Russia, the Orisitori are male fairies of fate who appear in groups of three to three day old infants in order to determine its future. Once the child's fate has been revealed, it cannot be altered. One of the Orisitori is benign, one is malevolent, and the third is of neutral disposition. Only the mother of the child is able to see these fairies. The female equivalent of the Ursitri is known as the Urmi. Urvasi. In Hindu mythology, Urvashi was the most beautiful of all of the Asparas. In all, there are twelve of them, but only four of them that stand out in the Sanskrit, as we have seen with the other three. And that is literally all of the uh, fairies in you. There are no more. We've either done them. Oh, there's just no more at all. Oh, I apologise. I'm very tired. Why I'm yawning while I'm reading is because I'm very, very tired. Um, it's like quarter to five in the morning. The only quiet time I get is early hours in the morning. So sometimes I have to just grin and bear it. And stay awake, record, and then get some sleep. <laughs> Otherwise, 
scratch. The noise that you would hear would be horrendous because there'd be dogs running around and just other things in general. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please hit the like, share if you can. And if you're not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. And in case anybody thinks to ask again, because I get this question quite a lot. Why don't I edit out any mistakes I make, like my yawning or whatever? Well, because I'm human, okay? And as humans, we make mistakes. And I really, I'm not a big fan on cutting out mistakes that I make in the process. Because it can just make it sound choppy. It doesn't flow right with me. So anything that happens while I'm recording, I let it happen. (laughs) Hence, yawning, sneezing, whatever it may be. Because it's, it's natural. We're human. We make mistakes. And... I'm not going to edit those out, guys, um, unless it's something really drastic that you cannot hear me. That's different. Anyway, guys, that's why I don't edit. Many blessings.